Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking, we just watched season seven, episode five, titled East Watch. Aaron, what'd you think? East Watch gets a fucking clockwork castle. Casterly Rock doesn't get a clockwork castle. High Garden doesn't get a, a, a fucking East Watch by the Sea gets one. Maybe it's going to be more important in those places. <laughs> I do think it's probably more crucial to uh, the show watcher that they get that piece of geography right, mm, or kind yeah. of like the visualization of the the location. Um, I i i thought I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I can I can see the things that the people that are going to hate this episode are going to hate about it. Um, uh huh. And like I share some of the concerns. Like there's like some just really loosey goosey stuff happening. Yeah. Um, with with people's motivations and trying to get things maneuvered into the final uh, scene, and it it was it was pretty. I thought it was pretty distracting at at times. I felt like I was getting the cliff notes or like 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 the weird. Uh, you know, it's movies three hours. And it's on ABC uh, Sunday night, and it's three hours with commercials. So you know they've cut stuff out, but you're not sure what. <laughs> right, or it's the Dark Tower, and they're trying to do it in an hour and a half. <laughs> there you go. It's yeah. very, it felt very sketchy in places. It totally did. I, I think this also, um, I enjoyed this episode a lot, but this is the first time I think that the um, shortcuts they're taking with everything have started to get to me. Yeah. I, I fe- This is the first time I felt like, Man, I wish they would have just done a season nine. Yeah, like I don't necessarily want all of these shortcuts. Like I thought, um, in particular, that Jamie Tyrion scene should have been a little bit longer, and we should have seen why Jamie was convinced, mm-hmm. why Jamie would ever listen to this guy who killed their father. Yeah, yeah. Um, they really don't that, go that, there. They I, just simply have him tear up and say, "Do you think I wanted to be born like this?" No. Now right. listen to me. Yeah, I think I think that scene needed to breathe. And it's just uh, some of the stuff in the staging like uh uh I mean I I think it's you they did such a great job of showing where on the battlefield everything was happening last week that this mm-hmm. week when Braun and Jamie are like Three miles from the battle, yeah, it's the vicious undertow there. Just, I mean, I guess yeah, occurred like, like it, it's just like wow. And and the the only seeming answer is because they needed it to be like if Jamie and Braun had been captured along with all the other troops, they it had been game over. They'd have been burnt to death, or they'd have been to knee, and they're not ready for that. So we needed this magic undertow to carry them away. Uh-huh. I, you know, I it's uh it's it's that kind of stuff. It's um and then the heist scene. Like where where George Clooney and Brad Pitt and all his goons are standing around planning their heist. Uh huh. Like, how are we going to get Cersei to believe us? Well, I've got this skill. Oh, right. you've got that skill. I've got this skill. Yeah. Maybe we can all come together and, and open the bank vault. Yeah. And then you know, <laughs> so I, I I there's then a couple things like I there's the things I I don't know if are working or not because um, I thought Arya was a little strong. On Sansa, you know, with the like the whole like, oh, yeah. well, you're just wanting as soon as as soon as John turns his back or drops his dick, you're gonna be all over him. And... Kind of surprised me, given their relationship, like that I thought it, it was sort of cordial last episode. Yeah, it felt like they're reverting right back to their their archetypes from before. Um, yeah, and then what it seems, what what it, what I feel like is happening is Littlefinger is using this note which is the one that Sansa was coerced to write back to Winterfell when Ned was in you know uh that like you know he's a traitor and he tried to betray King Joffrey and all this uh she the the little finger uh you you expect it to be something incriminating to him this is incriminating to Sansa 
Mm-hmm. Because out of context, Arya reading it, like, you know, I mean, I, shit, we were pissed off as show watchers, the fact that she was just ready to carry uh, the Lannister water like this. And again, yeah. clearly she's coerced and she's paid the price for it, but it's going to look bad to Arya. Now, the thing is, that's what the showrunners want us to think. Mm-hmm. But when I see it, I'm like, this has been several years. Arya has gotten a lot wiser. If if she lets Littlefinger bamboozle her like this, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. She's bamboozled Littlefinger. I, yeah, I do too. I do too. No, no, no. I mean, she thinks she's bamboozled him, right? Oh, like she thinks he's. I'm, I'm hoping unaware she of sees through this because okay. just the way it was staged. Just I, I don't know. I just felt very like this is not a master sleuth and sneak and. Huh. I don't know. I, I, I didn't have problems with that. Oh, really? No, I, I sort of liked that. Um, although. Do you think the little finger? Do you think because because I, I watched that I actually rewound it to see what was on the scroll to make sure I thought you know I did what, too yeah I had to pause it and then uh, I thought that on her face there was something knowing about like I'm being manipulated by Littlefinger he's trying to or this is kind of juvenile I I don't mm, know I'm, I'm hoping that's okay. what it is because if she comes crazy at Sansa over this message I'm gonna be like oh my god yeah this is gonna feel tedious because I feel like Arya should be smarter than this right and she should suspect. The double play underhanded stuff from little from that guy, yeah, yeah, certainly. If and, this was John doing right. this, perhaps not. But, but I'm not sure because I also would believe because the double D's have been kind of tone deaths on these characters. I would totally believe that they are just going to have this stupid drama between the two the two sisters too. Yeah, and I'll tell you another that. thing. I'm not super thrilled about <laughs> fucking Cersei being pregnant. No, why not? I just who who cares. <laughs> I don't Jamie buy, cares. Like, That's like, the important here's thing. Here's the thing. I'm not even sure she is pregnant, honestly. I don't know what to think about Jamie Lannister, the character in this TV show. Uh-huh. I have, like, I I truly don't know what the hell is going on in his mind in any one minute. And I'm not getting hmm. enough, I'm not getting enough of him actually talking his and speaking his actual mind. But because I, it's like when his, he tears up, it's like, is he really happy about being acknowledged father? Like, it seems I, like it. I don't know about the acknowledgement part. I think he's happy to have another son with Cersei, yeah. or or daughter with Cersei, either one. Yeah. Uh, another child with Cersei. I just don't... I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's clearly different from the books. He's yeah. a very different person from the books, but I don't go in, I guess, with that baggage, so I don't really see it as much of a Maybe, problem. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Maybe it is the... Because the, I, I think that some of this stuff is just kind of, uni- like, kind of, I think the way he's being written is is um something you don't have to have a you know be steeped in the books to kind of be like i don't know if this feels authentic anymore hmm. or like i don't know like what i'm supposed to be thinking about this guy is he in love with cersei he's afraid of cersei is he wary about cersei like yeah i'm waiting for the breaking point honestly right and i've been waiting and i feel like uh i can't wait too much longer mm-hmm. i don't think he can either yeah uh there's a lot of stuff that i do like about this episode though mm-hmm. um i i guess I, I'm just probably going to jump around a lot, but I, I guess Sam is just the guy who steals things and leaves now. Right. <laughs> like swords, scrolls. Right. He's got it all. Um, right. I think there's going to be a lot of people pissed off that he stole his father's sword and there is nothing. There's nothing to there's do about nothing, it. Yeah. There's nothing going to come of it. There's nothing. Not yet. Right. I don't know. I didn't see him tuck it away in that cart. But well, I'm just I, saying I'm that, like, sure like it's with him. you know, uh, his mom's not going to ride up and demand it from him. No. I'm just saying that, like, there was no there was no comeuppance or any kind of, like, character moment. It, didn't, it hasn't even been acknowledged that that was something that was was done by, by Sam. Yeah. Uh, I also, like, 
here's the thing. Like, the thing where um, Gilly is reading fucking Prince Rhaegar's annulment from <laughs> Princess Alar- like, like Elia. I'm telling you, it's this fucking close. Yeah. It's this yeah. fucking close. And Sam dismisses it immediately as... Right, as, I mean... Or not even dismisses it, but just doesn't listen to it. Yeah. Because it's, it's mixed in with 15,000 shits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, like, that's... This is almost... Uh, this is like waving a red red cape in front of a bull. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how they thought it was going to be taken, but it feels like... Uh, it feels like it feels a little bit like mockery. One one part that was a little I mean it was even obviously oh. fan servicey. I was gonna say the Gendry Rowing. Stuff. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. I didn't I, either. I thought it was a nice wink I, to all the people think, who are on the I inside. Think, I think there's a fine line with like wink, oh, we're all in this together and wink like we know something you don't know and fuck all you know, like Yeah, that. yeah. Uh hmm. it just felt a little like it it's a it's a fine point between, you know, fan service and winks and poking fun and not respecting your fan base's time and attention, yeah. and I feel like there's there, there's a couple places. I don't think it's intentional. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're they continue to be a bit tone deaf about this this kind of stuff. And they also have John petting the dragon in this episode, which reinforces right. that idea. Yep, the fact that he's got um, some kind of special Targaryen blood, mm-hmm. probably like probably like Tyrion because Tyrion did the same damn. I mean, so now are they like openly wanting us to? That they're the dragon riders, I guess. I yeah. I mean, that's the three of them. It seems like that there's three people who have petted the dragons and lived: mm-hmm. Daenerys, John, and Tar- and and, and uh, Tyrion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Also, it seems like that really impressed the hell out of Danny. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she wanted to get out of charging <laughs> John with Drogo, right? Drogon. But... I'm not even sure she saw it with his giant head in the way. Yeah, I was because like, what like, is going on down I, there? John, thought, what's happening? I thought that Danny POV where she's like literally trying to <laughs> right. get around his neck frills to see what the hell. Oh, he's your pet. I wouldn't go with the nose. Yeah, he doesn't like a hand inside his nostril. <laughs> that's he's, he's tolerating it because he likes you. But that's yeah, I can't that's even really imagine, a dragon faux pas. Like in battle too. Yeah, that head's just gonna be bobbing everywhere. Yeah. You're not gonna and be able to it, see a damn and thing. And when it ble- and when it belches flame, forget about it. <laughs> right. Forget about it. You need you need welding goggles to steer yeah. this guy. Make sure you got a clear view before I'll, you shout. Also, can I say that I didn't see? Or I didn't have a real problem with Danny roasting Dickon and Randall Tarley. Oh, like Tyrion? Like, they wanted this to be some monstrous thing, and I'm like, well, she says, kneel, you shits. Yeah. Uh, You know, or or die. Mm -hmm. Like, I I, I don't know. Um, I thought Tyrion was... The the outrage that he felt was a little out of proportion to what actually, you know, happened. Yeah, I think it's that he sees the potential writing on the wall here with Danny. I think that's the thing he's worried about, right? Like, okay, this wasn't the step too far, but he sees that step too far coming. But these aren't traded. These, like, again, like everything that I mean, I is like, I saw more evidence that maybe she was bloodthirsty in the previous episode than this one because uh-huh. holding the commanders of the men who will not recant their their views responsible. Yeah. Like if if they if they got some sweetheart golden handcuff deal, then that would be again more stuff that's more of the same. I I, don't, I felt like they didn't do a very good job of getting me on the side of like Tyrion of like, oh man, she's a you know a slippery slope towards this mad queen business. I'm I, I didn't feel it. I felt like she was entirely in control. Uh, it, there there was no like anger or malice. Yeah, it's almost like they're setting up her to 
be the antithesis of of Sansa's view, right? Yeah. Of like, you know, Arya is encouraging her. You know, you got to put bring the hammer down, the great hammer, um, on somebody's oh, head. Yeah. And she's like, ah, that's not how you get people to work together. Yeah. So, in as much as we believe that, I guess we have to believe that what Danny is doing is not. At, at the very least, not very smart for the cooperation of everyone in Westeros. Yeah, I guess. But, but... I, yeah, I'm with you. It's not. I was not super bothered by it. Whereas Tyrion seems to think it's like close to the last straw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I guess. I guess like, is getting roasted because like if they were beheaded because it seemed like he was upset that they were going to get killed at all. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? Uh, I guess I would like like. I don't know what you do when you've got a noble. It's such a weird situation because in the books, like if you cat, like Jamie gets captured, you try to ransom him to Tywin, mm-hmm. or you exchange some hostages or whatever. But when you take the heads of a house who are probably the de facto lords paramount, like who the fuck do you Cersei? You go to Cersei to try to like. Yeah, but it seems like Danny's yeah. like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take prisoners. Like join, like this join me or die business has got me here. I'm going to dance with it until it stops working, and it's yeah. it continues to work. And that I tell you what, that scene of like all the Lannisters bowing before Drogon on that hill, like it's something out of Night of Bald Mountain, was awesome. Yeah, no, the thing that I really noticed about this episode is they seem to have disregarded like any concern about the cost of something at this point. Like they want to show an awesome right. scene. The only thing that's too and- expensive to render is Ghost. <laughs> right, right. He's Drogon up there. can get his thirty-second money shot on on yeah. Dragon Hill, as it will be called forevermore. Right. No, but I, I'm loving like the special effects, the stuff with Bran flying all those uh, ravens up north oh, to get the look on did the you White get, Walkers. Did you get so? Why do you think that they were showing like the different eyes of the ravens going milky on and off, on and off? Oh, were they? I didn't notice it. I, I got the idea that they were trying to suggest that Bran was simultaneously warg, but you, you can't like simultaneously warg that he was essentially revolving through this entire flock of crows. To why keep would them he do, do that? Because like, he what? wants a whole flock. How I don't many know. fucking crows? That's do you true. Need to how see many crows? Yeah, I, that's a good question. But I got the idea like they were trying to suggest how powerful he was because he was like essentially time sharing his mind across all these crows. Right. But then you didn't get that, so maybe maybe I'm I'm wrong. But well, I couldn't I, figure out why they kept on showing this is the, the eyes go milky and clear, milky and clear, milky and clear. Yeah. Um I actually missed the first time through where the hell John was going. So that's the nature of the instant take. Yeah. Yeah. Um We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints... Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. 
Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. What else do you want to talk about? I mean, there there are a lot of returns, right? Like Jorah returns to Danny's service, Gendry returns, which I thought was, yeah, I'm like, okay, he just went back to King's Landing. Okay, I guess so. I mean, it makes it actually that works. The, the, the yeah. logic they made sense. I like the fact they made uh, yeah, I, I, the I, great I, hammer when he pulled out be, the great it, hammer. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. When he's got and it, it makes. It makes so much sense the fact that you know Robert, you know Bobby B, Robert Baratheon is famous yeah. for his war hammer and just crushing fools to death with it. And we never got to see it because Robert was old and fat. We never got to see it, and this guy has been, you know, uh, he's he's a bastard born son of the king, but he's a blacksmith, so he's he's hammering uh, all day every day, building yeah. up them hammer muscles. So like, yeah, when Yo. he's got, it's like, yeah, I'm never much good sword. I, I I know this, and then. I also thought it was really cool that the fact that they showed him caving those gold cloaks yeah. face in with a little bit of fancy twirling and and mm-hmm. uh, repost. I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty good. That was awesome, uh, and I I really love that scene with Davos where he's trying to bribe these guys away, and mm-hmm. he he does it. He it works. He's awesome. Yeah, da- and then Davos Tyrion fucking walks up. God da- damn it, Tyrion. Davos is the Han Solo of this show, right? I he think was so. Super, yeah, like even though he's like oh, I'm not I'm a I'm a smuggler, not a fighter. Like he was mm-hmm. really. He was just really cool in this show, this episode. Like you know, d- deftly uh, navigating Flea Bottom, uh, mm-hmm. paying off the guards. Like you know, he's got the gift to gab. Uh, he try. I like how he was like. Uh, I, I. What did you? Speaking of rush moments, I thought Gendry meeting John. Like where where like it made Gendry seem a little desperate and cringy to be like his. Our our dads were best buds. We should be best buds. It's like a weird funhouse version of Theon. Like whoa, take pump the brakes, kid. Yeah, that I felt like maybe the actor went a little too intense. But you know, with his eyes and his breathing, (laughs) there's a director there to be like, pull it back. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he probably the director should have said maybe down one notch, like take it from eleven. Or I I mean, here's the thing: like I feel like that maybe this is something that. Maybe he could have used some more time to breathe. Maybe he get, listens to Davos and stay, st- sticks with this story. And then over 
you know, a couple of days worth of voyaging to Eastwatch, him and John kind of bond, or like I, I don't. Yeah. Know, but it just felt like everything happened uh, like too quick. It was very, very accelerated. I love the basic idea of that scene, though. Like, yeah, no, that these are two men whose fathers were were best friends, right. and now they're meeting, and, and it can it can happen again. Yeah, and I, I think that. Uh, I'm actually super surprised Gendry's came back this late to play what looks like, just from the dialogue, a pivotal role. Because now I'm I'm kind of expecting uh, him to be kind of like that Robert Baratheon figure. Mm-hmm. Although maybe he'll just be cannon fodder. You know, they're building him up in our minds, so maybe. it'll it'll hurt when he when he when he dies inevitably. Yeah, uh, the, the one person I'm pretty sure can't die right now is Tormund. Yeah, because we literally have no other connection to the Wildlings at all. Mm. And if he goes. In my mind, the wildlings go. Yeah, did you notice there's like the big seven, and then there's like <laughs> there's like four or five red shirts that yeah. don't even make it out of the tunnel before they <laughs> pan off that. of them onto the mid. It's kind of like it'd be like Lord of the Rings, you know? It's like Gandalf and Aragorn and Legolas <laughs> and Boromir and Gimli, and then those fucking hobbits. Right. Like it's like it's like you know the music turns into kazoo, and it's like they just fast forward through the hobbits, like yeah. I, I don't know who these red shirt wildling hobbits are, but they gonna die. <laughs> they are. Don't for get sure. a tad, Don't don't look up their names. Don't mm-hmm. don't print any teen beat tiger beat posters of them. They they gonna die. Yeah, and I guess the, I don't need a production leak to tell me this, <laughs> these dudes that yeah. that do not get names on their credits. They're gonna die. Oh, for sure. That, I mean, yeah, no lines. They hardly got their faces on screen. Blurry. And, 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 and Tormund's like, uh, you know, we've got uh, we we we're, we're prototyping this new armor. We've dyed it red because reasons. And it's there's gonna, that's going. Speaking of armor colors, I'm really really glad that Jorah. Got the all black everything memo mm. before he showed up with Danny. Yeah, because he showed up in all black. Uh, it, the most. Uh, let me say I have one more thing to say about this episode. Okay, and then I'm done. Okay, we'll see what you got left over. Um, it, it was surprisingly anticlimactic for me. I expected with a name like Eastwatch that we were going to see some shit go down at Eastwatch. We saw, and I kept looking at the clock, going. There's 10 minutes left. Maybe the last 10 minutes will all be battle. And I I just kept looking until there was no more episode, and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) That was a a letdown. Uh, I think they've done – so I don't know why they did this, but they sure built up a lot of expectation that every episode is going to be like a Blackwater, Battle of the Bastards-style epic. And there's been certainly two episodes that's had that energy to it, but Mm – I mean, it's like it's completely natural after you have a bonkers episode like last week that you have to kind of take your breath and and get reloaded. And, you know, it's 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 very hard to maintain. There's very few things like, you know, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, the John Wicks, Mm -hmm. uh, the Fast and the Furiouses. It's very hard to maintain that kind of over the top action. And certainly when you do it, the story suffers because all those things have in common. Very basic Right. This thing happens over here. Hero goes over there, kills everybody in the room. Something over here happens. Like there's, there's, there's very little plot beyond. There's but we're a... doing that already anyway. Yeah. So at least give me that ten, That's... fifteen minute scene of badassdom. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess it's so weird because yes, it is a little anticlimactic, but also I felt like it was still oddly rushed. Like the thing with. Um, you know, the maester sitting there and arguing over that, and like the fact that Sam is just a fresh acolyte and he's going to like at the at the big table just going to interject yeah and that didn't feel right um yeah i think if he hadn't cured jorah 
I, I would be calling total bullshit on that, but right. Uh, I, the one maester there has respect for him at least. That's what I'm but, saying. Yeah, and but but like uh, I don't know. It seems like he's he's pushing a, a pretty hot. Also, what do you make of this plan to capture a white and bring it down south? I think this is the stupidest thing I've ever Doesn't heard. Doesn't it sound like like why yeah. if if I don't understand why Danny and John just don't take Drogo up there and be like, do you see this hundreds of thousands of dead men marching deal? Uh-huh. See? Real. If you want to grab down and have Drogon grab a handful of these guys. Sure. Fly them back, throw one clawful on King's Landing, uh-huh. throw the other clawful on Dragonstone, and everyone that needs to be convinced <laughs> will be convinced. Uh-huh. Like, done. Done deal. Yeah, you want to use your dragons anyway. Right. Come on. Right. Why are we sending, you know, our 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 biggest badasses with very little escort? In- I also think it's a plan that just plain doesn't work. Cersei doesn't give a fuck. If anything, Cersei's going to say, great, that's one enemy that's going to sandwich right. you between well, I mean, us. So, like- so he's essentially trying to convince Danny, And I just don't understand why at this point, like, what would have hurt Danny to just go up there with her dragons and, and check it out? Wait, he's trying to convince Cersei, I thought. I think it's Danny because Danny. What, but then what's the whole mission with Tyrion to Jamie and Jamie going to Cersei and saying. Oh, no, a... no. He's. Okay. You, you, there's two things happening here. Okay. Uh, one is that uh, Danny's trying to be like, hey, let's sign this armistice to ceasefire so we can all jointly face this army up north. But I, I, I don't know. I felt like that. Uh, Getting the proof was as, as much for Danny as it is for for Cersei at this point. I just don't think it's going to work. Gonna, yeah, like I mean, sure it'll work. It maybe will work for Danny, but I th- feel like that's the worst thing that could happen to Danny is her to be convinced and Cersei to not give a shit. Yeah, because then Cersei holds up in the castle and waits for Danny's armies to get slaughtered for the Dothraki who fight for sport to get slaughtered by the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. And and dwindle their numbers, and now well, you've only got an army of ten thousand dudes. To the other their thing 10, about the other thing about the Dothraki is, I feel like they're going to be useless up north anyway. Yeah, like they have no cold weather clothes at all. Yeah, they're running around in muscle shirts and cargo shorts uh-huh. and flip flops essentially. Yeah, and honestly, the the Unsullied don't either. Mm-hmm. These are these are these are warm weather uh, uh, equipped troops, and to I'm, but here's the thing: like I, as I'm raising this con- concern, I can see a podcast through you know uh, in the future where I'm trying to backpedal and like, well, you know, I guess the double D's they need a Dothraki up there, and probably in the books they'll be yeah. they'll be the epic sheep shearing of the winter of. You know right. the three hundred two AC and 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 low mini sheep gave their lives to outfit the Dothraki and their snuggly parkas. See the problem, I but just but don't... they're not going to do it on the show, and I'm going to look like a fucking idiot because they're going to yeah. be Dothraki in leather vests up there, ah, la, la, and 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 beheading White Walkers left and right. Yeah, and not getting frostbit dicks. So I, <laughs> you know. I shouldn't invest that much in it. Also, there aren't that many black sheep to go around, and they can't wear white. So, That's, well, yeah. I mean, couldn't they? Like, maybe that'll no, be not af- with Danny's after crew. the Long Night Part Two Electric Boogaloo. It'll mm-hmm. be the White Brothers, White Brothers, and they'll be all in their snuggly cotton parkas. Mm-hmm. They'll be yeah. white as snow. They'll no longer be the the black the the black crows. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mostly enjoyed this episode. I think um, there was a lot to like, but a lot of shortcuts taken and. Yeah, felt a little anticlimactic given the name for me. Yeah, and I know that's that's um, 
there's a lot of shortcuts taken. It's hard to say what you'd do better because I, you know, number one, we don't know what the rest of the season's going to be. I give this thing another fucking year. George isn't going to beat you to the finish line. Right. Just take your fucking time. You're making millions of dollars off this thing. I don't, take your time. I. It's it's my impression that this this wanting to get it done in eight seasons is more a double D thing yeah. than an HBO thing. Yeah. Uh, which there's been, you know, like there's there's it's funny. It's just like this, like I we we joked about in a preview guys. There's like a fucking nerd civil war going on in some of these subreddits where uh, someone start like someone started an article last week that's essentially been my thesis for a while that like hey you can't blame the double D's because they signed they didn't sign up to adapt fan fiction. Sure. And, like, it, people were fucking up in arms about, like, well, nobody's making them, like, you know, do the rush job now. And it's it's not, you know, it's like George didn't put a gun in their head and say, you got to get this out in seven or eight seasons. Like, this is the – but on the other hand, like, you know, they're professionals. They're given a decade of their professional life to getting this thing done. I would ask those this people – This have... started in 2007, securing the rights and getting, like, yeah. how many years do you – do you want to to work on something before you know as a creative person before you want to go and tell this tale of America <laughs> of if the, the fucking South won the Civil War? Like, yeah, uh, uh, that that makes that that <laughs> that makes me immediately not want to reverse my defense of them. But well, I mean, you got to ask yourself: Have you ever had a job that you were less than satisfied with? Right. after a certain amount of time, every and, job when you and, started and is changed, exciting and new. They change the requirements on you, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like your first day. Hey, just adapt this work, and the next day it's like, okay, write a couple paragraphs. And the, uh, you're going to have to pretty much come up with the final two seasons by we. Here's six word. Here's six bullet points. Right. Hodor dies. <laughs> uh, Danny Gendry plus John for, forever uh, with a heart and kissy faces. Uh, yep. Masande and Grey Worm question mark question mark question mark. <laughs> and Cersei's pregnant. Yeah, finish the story. <laughs> Jesus, that sounds frightening. Uh, yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, but uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick yourself up from the mud of the Blackwater. Yeah. You gotta shine up your armor, and you gotta get ready for next week because uh, there's 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 more dragons coming. I don't know. There sure are. All right. Uh, so if you'd like to send us feedback for the main podcast, you can do so, as always, at Game of Thrones at BaldMove.com. You can also go on our forums, forums.baldmove.com, where people are having discussions all over the place about Game of Thrones right now. You can join in on that. Uh, follow along on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, bald, uh, slash at BaldMove, uh, where it makes respective sense. Okay. All the ads. All the ads. All, all, all the, the slashes. Yeah. And uh, we will see you Tuesday for the the No Holds Barred recap, feedback, extravaganza. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Hey, I want to tell you about the club before we go, club.ballmove.com. You might ask yourself, how how can these guys uh, get out three podcasts with Game of Thrones in addition to all the other podcasts they make at ballmove.com? Well, uh, the answer is uh, we do this for a full-time job, and we uh, enjoy direct listener support. Uh, a way for you to to transfer your dollars into to listening enjoyment. Uh, and not only do you help uh, keep the bits flowing around here, but you get a lot of stuff for yourself. There's ad-free feeds. There's tons of exclusive bonus video and audio content. Heck, you could have been watching us record this podcast on the video feed of the live recording. How can you get an instant take any more instanter than, I mean, unless you're brand and you travel back into the time <laughs> where Hodor got 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 turned into... Uh, Hodor during the taping of a live podcast. <laughs> That's, you being Hodor in this situation, I right? Would be, yeah, like you know, like one of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not be able to say anything but Hodor. 
and it's going to really change the dynamics of the podcast. By then, that Photoshop or that that Adobe uh, audition plugin will be available, and I'll so just take your you old can words, just translate and it. You can type Stephen it. Hawking me. Yeah. All right, but uh, but but until then, we need we need see that's the, that's that's where all this club money is going into the the research necessary to make a artificial aaron construct <laughs> to survive the the imminent hodoring i'm going to be who's who's hodoring me is bran no it's, a, it's an audience dimensions? member audience it's, members yeah yeah it's a, it's a listener who decided they didn't want to sign up for the it's, club it's coming through their ear pods into their ipods over the internet and i'm going to get hodored retrospectively <laughs> uh but in the meantime you can go to club.ballmove.com and try to forestall that i guess is a narrative fiction we're wait weaving here <laughs> It's hey a, man, you it, set this up. It, it's it's five bones a month. You either give it to us, or you don't. Club.baldmove.com. <laughs>